We are very excited about today's show. And before we begin, we got Jesse Ledoux with our product feature of the week. Jesse, tell us what you got for us. Hey, Stephen. I know that in every pageant contestant's closet, there is a pair of clear or AB stoned earrings that they wear with everything. However, I've said on more than one occasion that not choosing your shoes and your jewelry to be specifically for your outfits and pageantry is basically leaving points on the table. So today I want to remind all of our followers and listeners that we carry an amazing line of pageant jewelry on our site and it's called Crown Jewels Designs. Okay, so why do you feel like some contestants slack in the area of earrings before we jump into like the actual promo? Well, I think the first thing is they're expensive. So it's a huge investment to just get a pair of blue earrings for one outfit that you might never wear again. So I think the cost is, pro- is probably the most prohibitive item in not having a full jewelry wardrobe. Do you, do you think so too? Yeah, I would think so. Um, and also it's like sometimes I feel like seasoned competitors, they understand that those fine details really make a, a difference. Mm-hmm. And But the novice competitor... Um, they're like, uh, it probably not isn't going to make that much of a difference. Nobody's right. really going to notice, right? But it does. It really, really does. Especially like it's the details, like making sure if there's a metallic color in your dress, like a gold or a silver, making sure the base of your earring equal has that same metallic tone. So if it's gold, if your dress is gold, you're not going to wear a silver-based earring. So there's a lot of important points you need to take care of when you're selecting your jewelry. So I like Crown Jewel Designs because there is a huge variety of different base colors. There's a huge variety of shapes and styles. So some people look better with longer, skinnier earrings for their face shape. Some need something a little wider, um, shorter and wider. So it like stands out against their hair color. Um, And Crown Jewel has everything. So like ranging from studs, um, to like anything from like four inches long. So really big statement earrings. And they have a lot of clip on options too. Got it. So do you have like a rough price line? I mean, I know when you're talking like thousands of earrings, it's a bit challenging, but, um, maybe like low, medium or high, like what the, what the price range is. And also let us know like where we can find them. Yeah, I'd say the average is right around $32 and it's probably on the high side, actually everything they range from like 22 up to like I don't know what the, I don't know the highest one, but I'd say most of them are right around 30 to $32, which is a great price for earrings that will go with your evening gown. You don't need custom earrings all the time. Um, if you can get custom earrings, that's, that's great. But I think the variety that we have on our site is going to serve your needs for interview, um, interview, evening gown, fun fashion, talent, swimsuit. If you want a little extra pizzazz, head, headshots, it works for everything. So you can find them by visiting shop.pageantplanet.com and going into the jewelry section. Perfect. Thanks, Jesse. Welcome to Pageant Planet's podcast, where we share stories and strategies to help expand and connect the global pageant community. Visit pageantplanet.com to find pageants, hire coaches, shop for dresses, and more. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode. Today, Jesse and myself, we are going to be talking about the life of Meredith Boyd and how you can use this to win your pageant. So Jesse, set the stage for us. Stephen, one of the most important aspects in building your brand as a title holder is finding your look. And the look is part of who you are as a contestant, whether you're on stage 
volunteering, or in the interview room. And in addition to finding an amazing outfit, one of the most important aspects of your look as a queen is your makeup. Makeup is a way for contestants to enhance their natural beauty and define their style. Yeah, we talk a lot about interview skills and presentation abilities, but the reality of a pageant industry is that much of your scoring is based on a polished appearance. Oh, for sure. And nobody knows this better than Meredith Boyd. Uh, born Meredith Moser, she is an award-winning makeup artist specializing in natural makeup looks for corporations and celebrities nationwide with over 20 years of experience. Yeah, and she's also found herself on uh, more than a, one occasion on Pageant Planet's top 10 pageant makeup artists um, yeah. over the years. So she's from New Orleans, Louisiana, one of my favorite cities, and she attended Georgia Southern University located in Statesboro, Georgia, and she earned a Bachelor of Science degree in communications with an emphasis in public relations in 1997. Yeah, she said her degree provided the backbone of the tools and education necessary to build the proper foundation on how to create and share a story to reach a wider audience, captivating the attention of celebrity agents, corporations, and clients worldwide. Yeah, she took some theater classes because like she was able to create um, hands-on scenes the size of an auditorium with a stroke of a brush. So she had always been really artistic. Um, and she was able to bring makeup and costumes with fine detail uh, on the human forms. She chose like all the classes she took based on her natural skills, which is a really smart thing to do. It helped her bring those out, like public speaking, art and drawing. Um, painting, story pitching, content development, execution, launching events. And she really had no idea at the time how they would all play together, what she does now, um, which is as a professional television makeup artist and successful makeup brand and image speaker. So she does it all. And it was all as a result of fine tuning that training. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Like she chose her curriculum based on her innate natural skills. And that's the same thing that we encourage all of our listeners to do with pageants. Like, Yep. Choose the pageant that plays towards your national gifts and you'll just do what better at that pageant with less stress. So, yeah. Um, but anyways, during her time at college, she also met her future husband, Matt Boyd. And Meredith had this to say about a certain date with Matt. It's pretty cute. She said, I'll also never forget walking through the sweetheart circle on a date with my soon to be future husband who also attended GSU, Matt Boyd. It is said if you walk around the circle three times with your sweetheart, you're sure to be married. The tradition is alive and well, and we will be married 20 years this December. I wonder if Matt actually knew she was setting him up for that. Like on the you date. You thought maybe it was witchcraft? Yeah. yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, did she keep him blindfolded? She's like, we're just going to go on a little walk, Matt. And then he wakes up and like, oh, man, we walked around this thing three times. We got to get married now. I mean, I wonder how that played out. I also want to know how big it is. Yeah. Like, is it just like a path? very easy to like not realize you're walking around three times or who did it first so I that's true i mean what if it's a mile round you know it's like three mile loop it's like you gotta really really be dedicated to stick right out. right but it does say it was her soon to be future husband so maybe it was like a pre-wedding like superstition got it so maybe they were engaged and then they walked around and then boom the deal has been sealed like it can't, can't hurt to walk around this thing yeah <laughs> might as well Anyway. All right. On to her corporate life. Yes. So Meredith was fascinated by the production set, and she became an anchor and a reporter for a local CNN affiliate called Northland Cable News. She actually worked there during the Olympics torch run. That's what she was covering. She had mentioned that in one of her stories. And a little over a year 
um, after she joined, she transitioned her career to public relations. And this is kind of like what she said about why. She said, I was tired of making minimum wage and chasing the police scanner at midnight. I needed to pay my bills. And I mean, for a lot of pageant contestants, they do want to be broadcast journalists. So this is certainly something that we see across the board because they have those natural skills that, that Meredith also had. But it's, it's a hard life. So kudos to anyone that's able to stick it out. Yeah, completely. And Boyd continued her communications career in public relations in Atlanta, where she spearheaded media and marketing campaigns for Fortune 500 companies across the nation for over a decade. Yeah. And along, like after graduating with her bachelor's degree, she worked around the clock mentoring alongside celebrity artists and photographers across the country to cultivate her makeup artistry skills. So she was kind of trying to do a lot of things at once to figure out the direction. Yeah. Which is, I mean, uh, I had a mentor. Yeah. And this is very much a coaching moment. So I had a mentor tell me once, and this really calmed me down. Um, I was 30 years old. And at this point, I had started Pageant Planet. Um, started Pageant Planet when I was twenty six, no twenty seven. And he was like, he was told me, and I it just wasn't seeming like it was going anywhere. Uh, Pageant yeah. Planet. Um, and he was like, you know, Steve, from zero to thirty, you're just trying to figure out what the heck's going on. Like you don't know. You're just trying a bunch of different things. You're trying to see what works. You're trying to see what you like, what you don't like, etc. He said, from 30 to 60 are your accumulation years. You accumulate wisdom, you accumulate wealth, you accumulate experiences. Um, And then he said, from 60 on, you give it back to the next generation. So you're giving Mm -hmm. away your contacts, you're giving away your wisdom, your wealth to help the next generation find their path. And that really helped me out because I'm like, okay, here I am. I'm 30. I have this company. I think it's going to be something. It's just not doing anything right now. But I also have 30 more years to like make something. So, you know, hopefully that list, that helps a listener out there that if you're like you haven't really found your path yet and you're still bouncing around like Meredith, like trying a bunch of different things. I'm telling you, if you keep doing that and you keep looking for your path, all of these different skill sets that you have and little bunny trails that you've taken, they'll all play together beautifully in your life like it did with Meredith, as we'll continue to see. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I, I see it in my own life. And I remember a lot, well, a lot of our pageant contestants and followers are in the miss or the teen division. And I very much remember that, that moment of you graduate college, and like, okay, what am I going to do? And you take a job and you don't know where it's going. So yeah, I have faith that it will fall into place. So I love yeah. that. So um, why don't you talk about um, Meredith's, Meredith's Cosmetic Company. Yeah, so in 1999, um, Boyd launched Meredith Boyd Cosmetics, a makeup line developed exclusively for print and television. Her dream was born out of the desire to achieve a flawless look on camera for clients. And at the time, there was only a handful of brands that were being made specifically for media and high definition because high definition was still a very new thing. Um, today, her line includes selections for pro brushes, makeup, and skincare. In addition, she sells a variety of styles of lashes, all synthetic mink, silk, and sterilized human hair, which are all cruelty-free and made specifically for flash photography, 5K video, and even natural sunlight. So quite the, quite the gamut of products. I'm thinking about 1999, and I absolutely had a tube TV, right? <laughs> Let's see, 1999. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Flat screens were way beyond my my financial reach. I was also a junior in high school. I had I had a flat screen T. I had a 
tube TV until 2010. So that was 20 years before that. So she was thinking way ahead of the curve. Oh, here's a fun fact. When I got my first apartment, I couldn't afford a TV or furniture. So like I literally had an air mattress, an ironing board, and just some books and some dishes, like in a stereo. And your ironing board was also your dining room table. Yep. And also my desk and also my (laughs) ironing board and also my nightstand. Um, So I would at one time, because the ironing board was sitting on carpet and I would eat my breakfast there and I had my hot tea and I I got up, my knee bumped it and the hot tea went everywhere in my breakfast. And I was like, I can't wait to get a table. (laughs) Oh, Lord. So there is hope for you if you're listening out there. So I, I, I just am shocked that she was so innovative in 1999 when, when high def really wasn't a thing and for makeup to be able to work successfully on that environment and that environment on stage, hot lights on camera, and then still look natural in person is a huge accomplishment. So kudos to Meredith for like seeing the need and being able to make it happen in a really versatile way. So yeah, quite the like, trailblazer. It, yeah, absolutely. And that entrepreneurial spirit actually enabled Meredith to pursue her passion of empowering her clients by teaching them easy and uplifting ways to feel beautiful at any age. And her first celebrity client was actually Jeff Foxworthy. I don't know if you know Jeff Foxworthy, Stephen, he's a comedian and she still works with him. And he told her once like, Mare, you're the best makeup artist I've ever worked with. And I mean that. So, um, just a testament to her professionalism and her abilities. And, um, one thing I want to note, if you remember Cara Munn's, um, Miss America program shot. It was like came out and everyone like lost their mind over it because she looked absolutely stunning. And I remember seeing like her lipstick and being like, oh, my gosh, it's so dynamic. And like it looked like like so many different colors. And actually, Meredith makes a lip trio that replicates that exact exact look. So if you check out the line now, it's always evolving and she's always putting out new products that like make sense of what she's using on her clients regularly. Mm, That's good. Um, So. I don't know. Um, so while Boyd has become a notable makeup artist for many celebrity clients, she and her husband Matt are also highly recognized. You know, obviously because she just did Cara Munns uh, mm-hmm. by the pageant community. Stephen, did you know Meredith was a competitor herself before she launched her company? You know, I think that I did know that, but I don't know any specifics. Like I remember her. Um, I actually I had coffee with Meredith and Matt one time. This was like right when I was starting. Um, pageant planet. I was living in Atlanta and all that. And I had coffee with him just to like, I think I interviewed them or whatnot. Mm. And I was at a Starbucks and they were both very sweet. And I believe she mentioned it there, but I don't know any specifics about it. Yeah. So I can give some specifics. She, um, she used a steak gown she bought at Goodwill and entered her first pageant in 1995. Um, so this was way before the cosmetic game. Um, and it was Miss Azalea Miss Azalea Festival Queen in Statesboro, Georgia, where she was going to school. And she won. And she was hooked ever since. She won a regional preliminary in Georgia called Miss Northwest Georgia, competed for Miss Georgia, placed second runner-up. And since then, she's held like 12 titles. She was Mrs. Georgia United States, Mrs. Georgia International, and she was in the top five at both of those pageants, too. So pretty much um, making her mark in every system she competed in. Wow. Held 12 titles. 12 titles. that's, That's respectable. And to like consistently be in top five is also really respectable. I mean, she was first runner up to Mrs. International, which is a big deal. Yeah, completely. And so I think that this like is a coaching moment. Wouldn't you agree specifically about like the dress and all that? Yeah. I mean, her first pageant, like I said, was from Goodwill. So the coaching moment that I think is hitting here is you don't need to overspend. Like pageantry 
we know it's expensive due to all the things that you have to have for various phases of competition. Like you didn't need more than an evening gown usually. So be smart with your spending. Like judges for the most part, like don't know if your dress was $50 or 500 or 5,000. And clearly like you can tell if there's a quality difference, but there are options where you would never be able to know the difference, right? Like you've seen prom dresses, Steven, that could very much pass for being thousands of dollars. Yeah, completely. And a lot of it has to do, and we've covered this on uh, previous episodes, like the cut and the tailoring of the dress. I mean, you can take a $50 dress and tailor it perfectly and it looks like a million bucks. You can also have a $5,000 dress that isn't tailored properly and it looks like a $50 dress. That's so true. So I would say use this coaching moment to understand to, ooh, little frog in my throat. Um, Get it out there. So spend where it matters. Evaluate your strengths and areas that still need improvement in order to determine where to invest. So if you know that you have done so many hair and makeup tutorials on YouTube and people are always complimenting you on it and that's how you feel comfortable, don't spend on hair and makeup services during your pageant. Spend on walking or wardrobe and coaching because that's what you can't control. That's not naturally what you have abilities on. Don't just do all of the services because that's what someone tells you you have to do to succeed. If you have a skill, use it to your advantage. Right. And Meredith isn't the only one that's kind of entered the pageant game with a you know goodwill dress. Uh, I remember hearing where Olivia Coppola spent like 15 bucks on her first yep. dress. Yep. So, I mean, it I mean, there's certainly also contestants out there who have spent thousands on the dress and then, you know, had very great success too. But it's not a prerequisite where you have to spend X in order to experience success. So if you are on a budget, there are ways to save, like Jesse said. Um, So basically, um, as her career in in makeup continued, like... Two years in, she convinced her husband, Matt, to pick up the camera. I think Matt was working as a graphic designer at the time, right, Steven? Yeah, he was. And the two, like, because of this, like, skill set and this just natural, I mean, partnership in, like, life and in business, right, the two became an absolute powerhouse with headshots and makeup because, I mean, a graphic designer editing, you know how to do that organically. So doing the photos and then doing the editing and with her doing the makeup, it's just like a match made in heaven. And within two years of Matt Boyd picking up the camera, the couple shot their first Miss America. And since then, the couple has shot 10 more Miss Americas, um, giving them a grand total of 11. Yeah, I want to I want to share something that Meredith, Meredith sent to us um, in preparation for the podcast. She said, I know it sounds cliche, but but to get to do what I do to get to wait. I know it sounds cliche, but get to get to do what I love every single day. Either I'm in our North Atlanta studio at Matt Boyd Photography with Matt creating breathtaking looks for headshots and photography clients, or I'm booked on set for commercials and television production work. Um, I love that she says this. I conned Matt into buying a camera in 2005 when he took photography courses at a photography school, and we shot our first Miss America two years later. And as we already know, she then they photographed 10 more Miss Americas. Matt and I are known as the dynamic duo in pageant circles when it comes to makeup and photography. The old saying is true. Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely does. And the Miss Americas that they work with include Caramond, Savvy Shields, Betty Cantrell, Kira Kasansif, uh, Nina Davalori, Mallory Hagen, Laura Kepler, Teresa Scanlon, Car- Carissa Cameron, Katie Stan, and Kirsten Haglin. So that's quite the roster. 
And it makes me feel very old because I can distinctly remember all of those crowning moments extremely well. <laughs> no big deal. But NBD. Yeah. So today, like it's been 20 years since you really got into the business. Uh, today they're located in Canton, Georgia, and Meredith has totally left the corporate life behind and pursuing her passion as a professional makeup artist, entrepreneur, and speaker full time. She is highly sought after for Miss America, Miss USA pageant systems. And in addition, her services are used by competitors across the United States, giving her credit to hundreds of state and national winners. And when she's not working, she enjoys gardening, cooking authentic Cajun dishes, and spoiling her four-legged fur baby, Yorkie, named Rocky. Absolutely rotten. And I've seen Rocky probably in more pictures than I've seen my own dog. I mean, Rocky is always the star of the set. When you're watching Miss America behind the scenes photo shoots, Rocky is always there, and he is a gem for the camera. <laughs> so in addition to the Miss Americas, um, her client rosters boost like top brands like ABC, AMC, AT&T, CBS, Coca-Cola, Delta, ESPN, Hershey Chocolate, Golf Channel, Nickelodeon, and Orion. Her celebrity clients now include Samuel L. Jackson, Jeff Foxworthy, Charles Barkley, Ron White, Kathleen Mag- Madigan, Madigan, something like that, Freddie um, Freeman, Matt Ryan, Big Boy, Ludacris, Hannah Storm, <laughs> and Davin Ferretti. So... What's interesting is there's a lot of men on this list. And I think people forget that in in the celebrityism, like men still do need touch-ups and assistance, especially when they are on camera. Like a lot of these guys, like Charles Barkley, um, does a ton of commentating. So it's important that he doesn't reflect on camera just like a woman wouldn't want to reflect on camera. So I think it's extremely cool of the different range of her um, her clients. And she said she loves working with iconic personalities and celebrities and every single client and production she's booked for is different. So it keeps it fresh and she's continuing to evolve as the trend shift. Yeah. And I would say that Nickelodeon is quite different from doing the walking dead, which is an AMC series that Boyd has also done makeup for, which is about the walking dead, like zombies. So, um, I, well, extremely different. <laughs> yes. And then pageantry too. Right. Completely. So contestants come to her for makeup and hairstyling lessons, as well as to hire her and members of our five-person team to get them ready on competition day. So she goes and she manages that team so she can impact more clients. So after nearly 20 years in the industry, Boyd has some valuable advice for pageant contestants. And when asked what a typical, you know, quote, pageant look is, Boyd has responded, you need to look like your headshot. That's something I really impress upon my clients, whether you're Having someone do your makeup or you learn the skills from an artist, you got to look like your picture from the start. No matter who is taking your headshots, remember those judges will want to see the best version of you in person in the interview room. It's a life skill and one I feel clients will use for a lifetime. This is a huge, huge coaching moment. Yeah, absolutely. So from your perspective, I have my opinion on it, but what what's your coaching moment on this? So my coaching moment is treat categories as cumulative. And I mean that by saying judges don't forget what, what you've done in prior competitions. So you can use that positively or negatively, I guess if they see your headshot and then you walk into the interview room, they don't forget the headshot they've seen. So if your headshot is a total departure of what you looked like, it will impact you negatively because they have remembered. Or if you, fudge an onstage question, they will remember it, unfortunately. So you have to treat everything as working together. So like all your submissions and decisions have to be consistent. Yeah. Um, so 
I was judging a pageant one time and there was a headshot that was submitted and the girl submitted on the headshot was like, um, gosh, there's no other way to say it. Like, I was like, wow, this is a very attractive girl, right? And then when I saw the girl walk in, it I literally thought I had the wrong paperwork. Yikes. Up. Yikes. And so I'm scrambling to find, and I'm like, oh my God, like that's, the, that's the same girl, right? And it was angles, it was whatever. It was a very beautiful headshot, but the whole rest of the pageant, I was confused. Like whenever it got, because it was just so far removed, I'm always like, ah, is that the girl? And I had that question mark. So I remember like learning this lesson really, gosh, in that moment of, geez, it's so valuable to have your headshot look like you because if not, you could potentially throw off the judges. Well, and I remember when I was competing, I was psyching myself out. I've told this story a million times where I was over-researching my competition and psyching myself out. And there were there were headshots that were completely overdone. And I was like, oh my gosh, like how could I compete with this, these people? And then I get there and they looked totally different. So mentally it was just like, okay, when I got there. But I was really psyched out leading into it. So right. you don't want to be your contestant, your competitor is a leg up too by having that total departure. Yeah, because so you can oversell yourself which is, I mean, as the examples we just showed, it can hurt you, but then also underselling you can also hurt you too. Because again, this is depending on the pageant. Some pageants will leave your headshot like with the score sheets. So depending on the judge, they might have your headshot right there and they flip like with your paperwork. So they kind of refresh themselves when they're seeing your evening gown. Again, depending on the rate and the speed of the pageant. So if your headshot undersells you, then it can hurt your score, have that negative impact because you're just not presenting yourself authentically. I have a question. Mm-hmm. It might not be a nice question. Okay. Do you think people think they look like that when they have a headshot that's a total departure? Like, Do you think they look at it and see, wow, that's a great picture of me? Or do you think they they know that they don't look like that? You know, you know what I'm asking. Yeah, I do. I think they say, "Wow, that's an amazing photo of me," right? And then after all the Photoshop, they're just like, "I look. This is the best I've ever looked, hands down." Right? Not thinking like, "How does this look in comparison to how I normally do?" So if you have a friend picking their headshot. And their headshot doesn't look like them. You might have to be the bad guy, right? I mean, if you put me in a picture where I look like I'm, I have twenty pounds more muscle, I'm gonna love that picture, right? I'm gonna be like, I look amazing in this. But then if I use that to promote myself on social media, and then they see this guy that's twenty pounds lighter with gray hair, right? They'd be like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> he does not look like his he does not look like his photo anymore because I've got gray hair, right? So, but if I if I just had all black hair and 20 pounds more muscle and then I showed up, you'd be like, that's not what he looks like at all. <laughs> so, I have a, so I have a hilarious version of that too. Okay. So I have a friend who's a bit taller than the rest of us in our gang and she was in the middle of a photo. So the way, so I was sandwiching her with another friend. So she's in the middle and the way we were positioned, like our our breasts kind of made an optical illusion on her waist to be like tiny. 
<laughs> and she uses that picture for like everything. And I'm like, girl, it is an optical illusion, but I love you for it. It <laughs> us up. I'll have to send you that picture one on one. Okay, so yeah, send me a text after. Like, oh my gosh, I look amazing. We're like, this is a shadow. Yeah. Um, but she, I guess she's a very good friend, so we just tease her about it. But anyway, can we get back to Meredith? Yes, let's get back to Meredith. We we have okay. deviated. So I heard she worked with Paula Abdul. Yes, and so Paula Abdul um, had this advice for her. She said. Um, I was working with Paula Abdul for an award ceremony in Atlanta, and I will never forget the inspiring words she told me. She said, you don't need to move to New York or L.A. to be considered good at what you do. You're already good at what you do. You don't need New York or L.A. to prove it. Atlanta needs you, and you be the best where you are right here where they need you. And Meredith says, I've always taken those words to heart, and I've never looked back. And the same true for you listening. Yeah, absolutely. And not every pageant allows for Meredith to be present during the competition. So she works with contestants to hone their skills. So for instance, Betty Cantrell, Miss America 2016, had five hair and makeup lessons with Meredith. And that year for Miss America, no one was allowed to touch them during the competition. So like at all. But last year she worked with Kara Mund, um, the current Miss America from North Dakota, as we know. And Kara flew twice from North Dakota to Atlanta to do hair and makeup lessons. And Meredith physically did her hair and makeup for interview and prelims. But for finals night, Kara had to do it herself. So there's a little twist here. Like the key is to keep their confidence up while they float out of Meredith's room onto the stage. Makeup carries over to the stage and that confidence. And that's something that Kara said. She said to, to Meredith, I couldn't have done it without you. When I walked in, that confidence is what set the mood for my entire interview. Yeah. And I feel like this could be a coaching moment too, that these we're learning from um, these Miss Americas that hired Meredith to say, like, teach me how to do this. Um, and because you just never know, like, should the worst case scenario happen, um, like your hair and makeup artist, like, isn't able to make it last minute. I mean, maybe they yeah. have a death in the family or they, I mean, God forbid, get in an accident or something like that. Or they're just running really late because, I mean, certain hair and makeup stylists, depending on how artsy they are or how organized or disorganized, this is a possibility. Um, or like, I know this is an extreme example, but backstage you get water thrown in your face. <laughs> you know, you'll know what to do so that you'll be prepared. And at the end of the day, like we say that pageantry prepares you for life. And for life. Jesse says like, She's the best version of herself when she competed. So mm -hmm. if you're already working with a hair and makeup artist and they're doing your makeup for competition, like it's not that much more to just go ahead and hire them for a few extra sessions so you can learn about brushing techniques and learn what palettes to choose, et cetera, so that when you're going in for a job interview or you know, when you're going out on a date or you know, you're doing all that stuff, you know how to prepare for success. Yeah, and I, I will totally piggyback on that. And also say one of my biggest pet peeves is contestants who show up to pageantry looking fully like the queen. And then I see them in appearance pictures, not looking the same way. And it's a big pet peeve for me. And they constantly like, I get asked like, why am I not winning? And I'm like, okay, well you need to be the stage version of yourself in every appearance that you go to. And largely it's because they have professionals on stage and they don't have professionals in everyday life. So I would say it's so worth the investment to get the lessons. And I mean, the reason why teens today don't have an awkward phase like we all used to is because YouTube exists and there's makeup lessons and tutorials online. So at the very least, if you're not going to pay for, for assistance and lessons, 
YouTube University is a real thing. <laughs> so pageant contestants should look pageant ready all the time. You have to always be your brand, whether it's a, a photo opportunity at a car dealership or on stage. Right. And Meredith feels the same way about you and I with you know pageantry. She says like this about the industry as a whole. She said, there's no other avenue for young women to cultivate interview skills, fitness, talent, and poise in any other sport. Like pageants help women to create and pursue goals. Having a platform to be a role model and champion of social causes is the most rewarding thing about pageants, in my opinion. I've been mm-hmm. an advocate for the Arthritis Foundation since 1997. I've had rheumatoid arthritis since I was a teen, and today I'm a national national spokesperson, and I emcee all their national events annually. I think connecting with others, opening your heart for compassion and empathy, helping others in need, and listening to their needs are qualities that are timeless. We have the ability to create positive change, inspire others, and empower one another. These are life skills that make pageants relevant and appropriate in every way. And I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more either. And we're going to get more into her work with the Arthritis Foundation because it is definitely worth mentioning. But she's won a ton of awards because of her compassion and dedication to everything we just heard. And in addition to her booming career as a makeup artist, she received a number of recognition and awards. She was featured in Cobb Life magazine as one of the 20 under 40 rising stars in business. And what were some other ones? She was named one of 50 most beautiful Atlanteans by the Jezebel magazine. I was actually in a running for that when I, I, I didn't make it to the top 50, though. Um, boy, Which I feel like is an accomplishment because Atlanta is a pretty place. Yeah, it's a pretty like place. The, and, and there's yeah. a lot of influencers there that mm-hmm. are um, happening. But uh, Boyd is currently a member of the National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences, Georgia Production Partnership, The Powder Group, Mac Pro, and Makeup Forever Pro. So let's take a quick interlude and talk about that rheumatoid arthritis. Okay. Um, so her story began with arthritis when she was 15. So for a few weeks, she was like alarm. She alarmingly noticed like her right knee was stiff, swollen, and overnight. Um, she woke up one morning with her knee so swollen, she collapsed getting out of bed because so much fluid was in her knee. She couldn't bear to put any weight on it at all. Yeah, and after numerous appointments with her pediatrician, the rheumatologist, rheumatologist, thank you, big of a tongue twister for me, and orthopedic surgeon, uh, blood tests and MRI results revealed that she had juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. And uh, so she repeated knee aspirations and rounds of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs failed. She had um, basically surgery to remove the the lining that's in her knee to remove mm-hmm. the damage that the arthritis had left behind. Yeah. And 10 years later, so she was 25 at the time, her arthritis aggressively attacked her left foot and she underwent rounds of cortisone injections, physical therapy, and ultimately endured surgery to remove a painful diseased bone, yep. which is terrible. And since then, she's been in chronic pain, her back, her hips, her shoulders, and her elbows. Which is quite amazing. I mean, because as a makeup artist, you're like on your feet all day. Yeah. So I mean, it's like putting pressure on there and she's, and she's always have a very friendly demeanor every time you see her and Mm -hmm. like, you know, she just embarrasses it. So after years of trial and error, uh, Meredith and her doctor just reevaluated her medication regimen um, every three months and she compacts the daily pain with dry needling, weight training, and massage therapy. And Boyd's battle has inspired her platform during her time as a competitor, speaking nationally about her struggles and the struggles of others with the disease. And she became an avid public speaker and a national spokesperson for the Arthritis Foundation, which we mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. And she said, 
I'm in pain all day, every day from arthritis since I was 15. And that was 29 years ago. Arthritis doesn't take a day off and neither do I, but arthritis is the number one cause of disability in the United States. And I'll, I'll pause for one second just to say that um, invisible diseases are a real struggle for, struggle for people because everyone assumes you're fine. So if you're in pain, there's a lot of judgment that can come along with that. So in addition to being in pain, there's also the stress of everyone look at you, looking at you and saying, oh, you're fine, which is really hard. I can only imagine what that's like, but um, she's well, really but, taken... Oh, but, but then there's something else where it's like she has an invisible disease, right? She doesn't mm-hmm. complain about it. She's happy and go lucky. And so everybody's like, oh, she's fine. Mm-hmm. If there was a reverse where if all she did was complain about it, no one would be around her. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yep. So it's almost kind of like you darned if you do, darned if you don't sort of thing. So like heart goes out to people that really suffer from these mm-hmm. invisible diseases. But she's a case in point that it doesn't have to stop you. You can go on and still achieve your goals and make a tremendous impact on society around you. Yep. And she's been rewarded for her hard work. She graced the cover of Arthritis Today for her longstanding philanthropic efforts. She was even rewarded the prestigious President's Daily Points of Light Award for her commitment to serving the youth of America through volunteerism by President George W. Bush, which is huge. Yeah. So a champion of the makeup world, Boyd has come a long way since chasing the police scanner in the middle of the night as a news reporter. She's taken her small dream and become one of the most recognized names and companies and celebrities and like for like pageant contestants alike, all those people, companies, celebrities, pageant contestants, they all want to use her. But um, however, Boyd's understanding of makeup transitions um, to all aspects of life is really like what set her apart from other artists. Yeah, and I'm going to summarize today's podcast using Meredith's own words. I think that's really appropriate, um, and she has so many valuable things to say. So in summary for today's podcast, uh, Meredith says, I think at the end of the day, it's important to remember these are life skills and it's a good investment in the most important thing in the world, yourself. Give yourself every opportunity to grow into being your best self and expect the best return on your investment. And you will see your confidence skyrocket when you enter a boardroom, a courtroom, or a conference room after the pageant lights have faded. Many of my clients can now confidently do their own hair and makeup as television news anchors meteorologists, professional models, actors, attorneys, educators, and doctors across the country. Yeah, and I want to remind everyone that this is not a sponsored podcast. I was just going yeah. to say this. <laughs> yeah. We better say this because it sounds like, anyway. Yes. Yeah. We like rewarding people that work hard. Right, and what we want to do is really showcase like what the avenues, the pageantry can open up for you. Um, as a whole, here's people that started off as a competitor that's like shaping the industry as a whole, and not only that, just the entertainment industry as a whole um, by you know, just connecting with the people that you know are globally famous. So she's just another case in point. So again, it's not sponsored, but we hope that her story brought you some inspiration. And as always, thank you for listening. And if you've received any benefit from this show or from what's previous, please consider giving us a five-star review. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, like leaving a comment, and it may seem like a small action, but it really does help us keep the show going. Until next time. Want to become a part of pageant history? Create a free contestant or business profile on pageantplanet.com to unlock hidden features and connect with other experts throughout the world.